0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Safcast. I'm Conor Donnelly and this week I'm joined by Lav Jarg and Antrim footballer Paddy Cunningham. In this chat Paddy spoke about his comeback with Antrim, the effects of lockdown on the team, that famous 2009 run with Baker and playing with his club as well. If you've been enjoying the show please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and you can also follow the Safcast on Instagram and Twitter. Anyway, on with the episode with Paddy. Paddy, thanks very much for joining me. How's things with you
1: anyway? Uh, not so bad, Connor. Um, Just getting back in the swing of things, obviously after last weekend. Um, probably feeling a bit sorry for myself. I'm sure the rest of the lads are the same, sort of sorry. Sunday, Monday, but um, I suppose reality just sets back in, and back to work and back to family life and um, just trying to get back into the swing of things. and. Um, reflecting on, on last weekend and trying to move forward, really, at the moment.
0: Well, going into like, uh, I suppose this season. Obviously, you, you know, you made your comeback to the the county side um, at the start of this season, and I mean, you you really. <laughs> I don't think you could have seen a season like this anyway that would be happening in front of you. But you know, whenever you did first return there at the start of the year, like, how did it feel being back involved the game? Was there would be you know a fair difference to like sort of the, the way things are done in that the squad? Yeah,
1: they, um, I suppose time has moved on, technology's moved on, and having about the whole intercounty setup. To be honest, had drastically changed from the last time I was involved. Um, in a good way, in a positive way. Um, I suppose probably going back. I was a bit apprehensive and a bit worried and anxious. Um, as to whether I would be up to the level or not, and. I was glad just to get back on the field and you know get a few hard months training under my belt and um was lucky enough then to start um first national league game against Waxford and um it was obviously a good start to the campaign and we got a good result but no listen it was great to be back involved with the lads as I said prior to going back I really do feel that um they're a great bunch of lads and um they're all there for the right reasons and they're trying to push football forward and you know, unfortunately obviously we didn't gain promotion this year but I think, you know, if anybody knows anybody in the panel and sees the atmosphere within the panel, um the boys are trying their hearts out and, you know, the whole setup was pushing in the one direction and it's just unfortunate we didn't get over the line in the end. But I do feel that COVID and the lockdown had a huge bar in the net. You know, we beat Limerick, who went on to win the league. Uh, I can't remember, maybe twelve 14 points, something along those lines in the last game before lockdown, so we had all the momentum. Going into Wicklow, which would have been the following week, and unfortunately, obviously, due to COVID, um, that was all um, put on hold, and I really just feel we really got caught cold against Wicklow on the return after lockdown. It's just unfortunate because it just shows you how pivotal that um, game was, and unfortunately, the result didn't go our way, and that's probably the the main reason why we're not sitting in Division 3 this time next year, unfortunately
0: yeah because D- division four always is a competitive um division and i think maybe i think maybe andrum's been third three years in a row which just shows you how difficult it is and yeah the, the limerick result i think was possibly your biggest your biggest win in the league like you know it just goes to show like even like the trip to london you know was only a four point win and wexford you know was a six point win, but actually limerick who obviously went up you know was the biggest win uh and I, I guess probably if you're just I suppose for the league anyway, with the games being quite close together, momentum is a massive thing, and that was obviously interrupted.
1: Yeah, we have to say, you know, going into the Limerick game, Lanny shaking the team up a wee bit as well. Um, but even the boys who came off the bench, at they, you know, made an impact, and, you know, we were really on a high at that stage, and we really felt that we were um, in the right place where we needed to be going into the latter stage of the league. But, you know, at the end of the day, we can't make excuses. the The results, the table doesn't lie at the end of the year, and it's just unfortunate for the third year on we've, we've been uh, pipped to the post. And um, you know, it's something that we need to try and improve upon. And hopefully next year we're sitting in a different position this time next year, and we're we're sitting in Division Three.
0: And uh, just with the break and everything, like. What well, what was it like when you did uh, return? You know, after the go ahead was given, um, you know, you could return to intercounty training again, and that like, what what was that like in terms of going back, preparing for that Wicklow game? Like, was it was it almost like starting a preseason again, or was it that feel much different?
1: Uh, I suppose they'd agree it was like starting a preseason. You were trying to get a lot of work done in a condensed, shortened period of time, and I you know obviously there's a lot of rumors about maybe all our counties were flouting their the regulations and the rules, but. Mm. I can safely say that that wasn't in the case in Antrim. Um, we were basically back whenever it was fully permitted to to do so, and you know, didn't agree. We may have been playing catch up, um, but you know, I was trying to get as much work done as quickly as possible. And probably the overwhelming thing, you know, looking back on it was it was just the fact that even if we had had a friendly game, you know, prior to that we could have really the Wicklow performance could have happened within that friendly game. It might have been a wee bit of a reality check because. Perhaps there might have been a wee bit overconfidence going down to Akram uh, in some boys' cases where we felt it was maybe a done deal. And uh, clearly, as the result proved, it wasn't a done deal. And it's unfortunate you can only look back with hindsight. And in terms of, you know, it was difficult for the management set up to, you know, I think we had two friendlies lined up. with um, Down lined up, and then they obviously pulled the pin because of the, the heightened R rate in the Newry area. They were under pressure not to bring anybody from another county into the area, and, and rightly so. And then we for Mana after that, which was due to be played, and again that that fell yeah. to COVID. So, look, like, listen, it's, it's for everybody in the whole of society. It's been a crazy year, and um, it's, it's you know it's been very very difficult and challenging for everybody. So, um, it's, sometimes you have to remember too that in terms of there's a lot of people who have had a lot more losses, and than just the game of football too. So it's important to remember that as well.
0: Yeah, and like, and even with that or Wicklow sorry result in mind, you know, obviously going in the last game right up to the final whistle, it was still possible for promotion because obviously Sligo just just needed a wee favour there, and they, in the end, you know, they could have got there. They were only a couple of points off Limerick in the end in their match. Um, so it what, like, even with the you know, the disaster of the Wicklow result that happened, it, it still was something that you know, and all well and be not getting the play in Casement and playing around the county, but now playing in Dundalk as well, it's just a, it's just a complete other story, I suppose. Yeah, at the end of the
1: day, you know, there was a lot of hurt in the panel and the set setup after the Wicklow game, you know. There was nobody pleased with their performance um, in any shape, form or manner after the Wicklow game, and we were very keen to get back on the pits. and obviously there was a turn of events in relation to the Waterford game where they insisted they wouldn't travel and they brought sort of partition and everything else and it. so mm-hmm. it sort of left a bit of a sour taste on things um, and even in just the manner in which Waterford statement, you know, they could have said it a lot um, better and what they said and shortened their statement. You know, sometimes things are a lot easier to heal when they're not said, whereas they went into a lot of detail in their statement and to be honest, they pr- basically let themselves wide open, so yeah. and obviously, if we wanted to, if we were going to get promoted, we didn't want to Behind um, the two points. So, to be honest, the players took it back to the management Um, that we wanted to play the game and, and were willing to travel to Ndok, Um, if that was the only case in which the game we played. And, you know, I'm glad that we did go to Dundalk and, and we won the two points that day against Waterfront on the pitch rather than solely relying on Sligo to beat Limerick, which unfortunately didn't happen. But, you know, Sligo and Markovic Park, to be honest, they were shocked at that result. You know, they are very hard to beat at home. But again, it could be sort of the legacy of lockdown from Sligo's point of view as well. You know, they never fulfilled a championship fixture, then they end up as well. So yeah, like, listen, we we wanted to sort of instill some belief and pray back in ourselves because Wicklow simply wasn't good enough, and I think we um in some way done that in a small part by obviously beating Waterford comprehensively the the following week.
0: Yeah, so the Warford game was was really important, not just because of their statement and all, but actually just to get the Wicklow, Wicklow result out of the system. Really, um, were there few? Were there any words exchanged in the pitch in the Warford in the Warford game? Um, it might have been in the backline now. Osborne wouldn't
1: be really into the <laughs>
0: just pass on to the backline, back
1: yeah. <laughs> but there'd be a, there'd be a few boys in the backline with maybe a bit more tongue in cheek in terms of that. But listen, I would say that was out of Waterford's players' hands, too, but. I'm uh, it was it was just more to, because we played Calvin and then a couple of weeks later and you didn't want to go from the episode in Wicklow to straight into an Ulster Championship match against Calvin so from from that point, perspective too it was good to get a game under your belt and in the Ulster Championship
0: yeah and I think just <clears throat> I think especially with that uh, the Waterford game the way that it was ruined out with obviously you know the Herders haven't gone down to play. Um, Kerry the week before in Tullamore, and I think the Ant- Antrim Comogee squad eventually they had their move their game just moved on them as well. So there definitely was probably a bit of a, I don't know, there was a bit of a kind of thing about you know Antrim wanting to go out and get the result on the pitch just to show like it doesn't matter kind of what's thrown at us sort of idea behind
1: it. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I suppose if anything, the Waterford scenario sort of galvanised the squad again after after Wicklow and. You know, although we had, we didn't obviously get the win last weekend against Calvin, it was clear that it, every man, uh, more than not, the majority was fighting for one another, and that was reflected in terms of the subs, the setup, the management, the selectors. Everybody, you know, um, yeah. I think we did really come a lot closer together um, after the Waterford game, and you know, if things had gone our way last weekend, we could be sitting in an the semi final now.
0: Yeah, and just on the Calvin game, then it was it was a funny enough game. Like it just, you know, Calvin. Kevin obviously had their spell and all, but like he's he's came back into it rightly. Like there was like I, I really like I do feel looking at the game that like it was it was a bit of a strange kind of I don't know that it didn't really just flow one direction for one team and that there's definitely something there for both sides to get. at.
1: Okay, I suppose the first half performance from an another perspective was was exactly what we need to do. We tried to frustrate Kevin and you know force him into shooting from the wrong the wrong areas of the field and trying to sort of catch them on the counter. Um, and to, to an extent, we've done that quite well. You know, I think we were, we're leading in numerous times in the first half. We were up by two at one stage. And if you analyse the game closely, and I'm sure a lot of people have since then, you know, the scores that Calvin got in the first half arose from our errors in terms of carrying the ball into contact and getting overturned and Calvin catching in the break, which you are very good at doing. So so, you know, it's a learning curve, you know, it's a, it is a young team, probably with the exception of myself and Michael McCann and Kobo and, and Tomas and probably even Connor Murray you could put him in that window at this stage. You know, they're very young and you learn these things through experience and you know, I definitely feel having Michael myself and Kevin and boys that got back this year, it it did help the younger lads and um, I would say they would probably agree yeah. in terms of that but you know you learn you learn through experience and you can't beat experience and hopefully the lads that played last weekend will take the, the lessons from last weekend in terms of what went well and what could be approved upon and they implement that in not only Division 4 next year but also going to do the Ulster Championship um, in the latter stages of next season.
0: Yeah, and I suppose for you lads watching the game, the uh, the game the round previous, you know, with Calvin's result against Monaghan, like I'm sure yous were looking at that, like you know, like Calvin, you know, they put on a display there against Monaghan, and yous were probably thinking yourselves going into, it, you know, there was something there for the taking, um, for yous anyway, and and I suppose looking at it like you're saying, it kind of demographic of the squad and the makeup of the team that is something that really there's no reason why Antrim couldn't be competing in the semi-final you know stage of the Ulster Championship especially
1: well it's just about instilling that belief and realization into the lads that you know they maybe wearing a blue white blue and white jersey or whatever color of county you're playing but they're no different from you and it's having that belief that you know that individually and collectively as a squad we're capable of competing at that level now obviously, there's a lot of work to be done to ensure that you're up to that level, but, you know, the, the psychology of the thing in terms of having belief in yourself first and foremost, uh, and not being overawed about demands down beside you is obviously very important, but when you can get that collective uh, mindset and everybody pushing in, in the right direction and fully believing that a result is achievable, you know, it goes a long way in, in, in achieving that end goal, so... Um, that's probably one thing that we were trying to get into the lads, you know, probably looking back to 2009, nobody expected us to beat Donegal or Cavs yeah. that year. And we had mentioned that to the lads a, a couple of times in the, in the lead up to the game. But, you know, our game management was excellent, I felt, in the first half. And, you know, sometimes perhaps in the second half, it was a lot of work and a lot of energy and a lot of fitness required into that system. We were playing, maybe decision making let us down at times. At stages, and, and that was probably the difference between the two teams. And then, you know, Calvin were more clinical in front of goal, whereas we were perhaps a wee bit wasteful at times. Um, and obviously, we were very unfortunate, too, when Paddy Gallagher argument. through, you know, could have potentially been a penalty. And, you know, I think if it had been a forward in Paddy's position, they'd have just jumped in the air and they got the penalty because it was a push with, you know, Paddy's very honest honest footballer and, he, he you know, he managed to get his foot to the ball, whereas I feel if like he hadn't made contact at all. Um, Paul Flynn, who had to be fair, referee the game very well, very well, would have would have been uh, forced to give a penalty at that stage. But listen, it it's coulda woulda shoulda. And at the end of the day, we come up short, and that's something we need to learn from and try and build upon for next year.
0: Yeah and just like you mentioned <clears throat> I was reading about just you know I was reading some stuff around you talking about your comeback at the time you mentioned about um, Lenny Harbison obviously you know coming and asking you back and you had mentioned actually that a few times that managers had came and asked you to come back and obviously Lenny's now uh, decided to step down um, what sort of impact have you noticed him having on the team and was, was he a big factor as well for you getting involved there?
1: Yeah absolutely a huge respect for Lenny and I think he's a smashing man, and he's a real enthralling man. And you know, if anything, I texted him earlier in the week, just saying, "Listen, sorry to hear you're you're gone, and I wish you well, and keep in touch." And um, you know, it's unfortunate that Lanny never got us the Division three. Um, you know, his heart was in the right place, and his setup was, you know, with Fenton and Brandon and and all the background team, a very close knit and a, a great group to work with. And um, I do really feel they deserve to get us to Division Three, and again to go back to lockdown. I don't think that helped uh, the whole setup and our all our momentum. And you know, on a personal level, I would thank Lenny for for bringing me back in this year. And you know, um, and then also on another personal level, I'm just disappointed that um, both personally and collectively we didn't do enough to get over the line for. Him.
0: Yeah, and uh, I guess suppose he's somebody. Obviously, the pedigree he's had with um, St. Gauls and all in the past. That reality, probably for Antrim, now you're looking forward is you know that is the that's the level of manager you know that Antrim will be looking for as well there. So if anything, there could be a good base there that he's kind of leaving for for the next manager to come in when when the time comes.
1: No, absolutely. The foundations are there. Um, just that extra, you know, five ten percent to initially get over that line. You know. If, I think the primary objective has to be getting out of division four and once hopefully we're able to achieve that, it's sustaining division three status for, you know, at least a year or two years and perhaps in terms of the age profile of of the squad, you know, there's no reason why we can't push on to Division Two, providing the applications are and the structures uh, and systems are put in play but uh, put in place, sorry, but initially, you know, the main thing has to be to to gain uh, promotion from Division Four and I definitely feel um, Lanny's left the squad in a good place, and th- there's potential there for an order to achieve that.
0: Yeah, and the, like, cause it wasn't that long ago that we were, you know, we where- you know, I was like I said the other week there about you know they felt like they were getting promoted alongside Sligo every year. You know, like there was that kind of thing going on and be playing in Division Two. So you know, it wasn't that long ago really. And and, and I suppose like you're mentioning about kind of the, the group there is there to work with it's, and the commitment that's there that there isn't. There's no reason really why there couldn't be someone to take that on. To, uh, to you know, obviously with the luck that you need to go along with it, and no more lockdowns as well. Yeah, that's
1: true. And some people might think. Um, it sounds, you know, unrealistic but you have to look back under Baker's tender we went from four to three to two.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so you know there's no reason why that can't happen. It's it's not untenable. So um, you know, hopefully isn't it's obviously um it's a county board decision in terms of who succeeds Lanny and his team next year and you whatever know, that is remains to be seen. But um hopefully, you know, they do have that added uh, ingredients to, in terms of getting us to where we need to go, to go to in the next couple of years.
0: And, and like, what about for yourselves then? Is it anything you've thought about, you know, going forward and your involvement in that?
1: To be honest, it, it isn't. I think, you know, it's, it's too uh, soon to be making any decisions um, in terms of that, you know, i had said at the start of the year that I felt that this was a, a one-year gig for me. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. I have a young family and I'm busy with work and um, obviously if, if I'm training Tuesday and Thursday it's probably something you've noticed this week. Um my son's going training the soccer and gillick and everything else, so uh, if I'm not here it's very hard for my wife to clear, clear to do everything. So mm.
0: um,
1: you know, it's a lot of factors to be considered in terms of that and I feel probably at this stage it wouldn't be a decision that I would I would um be able to, to make at this stage. I'll see what happens over the, the next couple of months, and even in terms of club football as well, and see what the new year brings, and
0: and take it from there. Yeah, I suppose we don't even really know about the kind of the makeup of what the season would look like. Well, how did you find it yourself? I've asked a few people this about the kind of split nature of it with the club having its own window, like it did this year. Um, obviously the county, the county championships got great coverage this year. Like, how did you find the way that season was kind of? I know it was kind of forced upon us, but like, what way? What way did you think of that? The the split style.
1: In terms of the club season, you know, I feel the group, group stages in both the football and hurling championship um, was was excellent, both for county players and club players more importantly, because you were guaranteed at least sort of three club championship games. You know, you, tra- you train all year and you could be out after one game. So I think the fact that, you know, the league structure within the championship, the four groups, particularly within the senior football championship, um worked really well. It gives every club player, you know, at intermediate junior level as well. It was the same format. You know, you know you're playing three or four championship games, you're guaranteed that. Um so I think that was probably one of the real positives that came out of the, the lockdown situation rather than just straight knockout. Um so I think that was invaluable for for all clubs and I think to be fair, hopefully the GA take on board in terms of how successful across the board across the country. The separation between club and county uh, work because you knew when you were with the club and you knew you were when you were within the, with the county. So it made it a lot easier for you to manage your time. And also you knew when you were with the, with the club you could give it everything and you weren't worried about going to county training the next night or at, at that weekend. So I think in terms of that, there's a lot of learning to be done. Um, also as well, in terms of the coverage, you know, over the club championship, you know, we're blessed to have, in my opinion, the best PR in the country, and Sean Kelly, and he's phenomenal, the, the work and the coverage he mm. puts in, not only to the club games, but also the, the county setup as well. He's, uh, he's yeah. so innovative, and he's just constant. I don't know where the man gets the energy from. He, he's phenomenal, and he's going to be a huge loss um to the county. Um, Unfortunately, I think his tenure up this year, so hopefully they, they come up with a new role for him, some type of role, a social media role, or something, he's... <laughs> He's uh he's second in on and I think uh, everybody within the whole county and the GA phone w- would agree with that.
0: If there's something Antrim can get changed at Congress this year, it'll be, it'll be the the terms for those types of rules. I think. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think the I think it looks like they're probably going to try and move towards a you know a kind of split season style, but sure we'll see we'll see what happens there. Um, you mentioned about Baker earlier, and I suppose two thousand nine obviously is a summer that lives long in the memory, and just even to ask you about that like you of course were captain that year and well, like when you look back now and you obviously had your time away from the county set up like what are your memories of it you know and I suppose I suppose the 11 points against all Ireland champions isn't a bad memory as well to have there but when you do look back is it is it something like the Donegal win in the quarter final that really stands out to you or what do you find?
1: Uh, it's just the whole Baker journey it's just you know it's, like, it's just uh, it's just incredible when you look back at it and suppose at the time, to be totally honest, you didn't even really appreciate what you were involved in. You were just in a bubble. You know, you were just game by game and even the following seasons in terms of playing Caldera and Newbridge and yeah. going from Division 3 or Division 4 right to Division 2, you know. But in terms of that particular year in 2019, Championship, you know, Donegal, Burday, Wellerways and Balboffay and, you know, playing against a fantastic team was, was phenomenal, but probably... To be honest, the result that sticks out in my mind was the calvin game on the, in the semi-final in Cronus, looking up at that hill and just a sea of um saffron jerseys and flags. It was a lovely summer's night. Um, you know, again, I think people maybe felt that that stage, the Donegal, was a shock result and it wasn't going to happen again. And you know, Baker was a fantastic motivator and he really instilled belief in you as an individual, but collectively as a team that. You were going to win, and it didn't matter who you were playing or who you were marking, or who you're up against, that you know you're as good as them, if not better. And you know, that's probably the big thing that Baker brought in, along with great coaching with Nal Conway and Tony McCallum and his backroom team were, were incredible. And it was a real family atmosphere and family field it but um, probably very hard to pinpoint you know any exact moment. But the, the Calvin match, and, and then obviously, from a personal perspective. The captain of County is a huge honour and um, I'll never forget the night Baker phoned me, I was lying on my sofa and Liam Bradley came up on the phone and we didn't really know each other at this days. he just rang, says is a job you. I didn't know if I was on the panel or not at this days, and he said, oh, <laughs> I want you to be captain. Um, so, uh, no, listen, I have a huge amount of time for Baker and, you know, I think it's, it's reading his article last weekend, the Irish news, yeah, it's clear to see, he's in the hearts of... Of many an Autumn player and Ulster follower, and he he will be for for years to come.
0: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned about the Calvin game, and like uh, like I remember watching it, and even it was just I'm watching clips of it there, and you like you're saying about going to the stand and it full of saffron flags and all, and like I even in the Ulster final too, I was at that game and seeing that was just for an antrum you know someone from antrum to see that like as a say a supporter player or whatever was just kind of you know it was kind of cool to see do you know what i mean because like you're so used to watching matches at Crook park or ulster finals and not seeing but seeing it as your team is kind of i don't know it just something that always reminds me whenever i look at like I look at highlights of the 89 hurling final for example you know with the hill full of saffron as well and i, I think it's just something that's Whenever I think back to that, I just think about how important it is for people, young people, to see that to be able to watch their team on TV and you know, all, and just for the role it can play and those future generations.
1: No, absolutely, and you know, hopefully, casement has got the green light now. You know, I feel that'll be yeah. a real cat- catalyst for young people because, you know, to an extent, you know, looking back in two thousand and nine, right, right, through for so sort of last the last decade, the, the buzz around schools you know, has been huge for sort of four or five years after 2009 it sort of started the Dominic since then. And I do really feel Casement, not that it'll sort all the problems far from it, but um, in terms of the, the good work that's going on at the county board level, um, Paul Dalney's work, um, the development squad work, everything comes together and hopefully when Casement gets up and going, hopefully those days won't be too far far away again and, you know, it's just getting to that level and that level for a couple of years that really inspire the just come behind and uh, really put the county back to where it needs to be and I think that works going well and the hard in front you know the, the boys are buzzing at the moment and it's great to see we obviously train them, beside them in Jordanstown, and you can see the real buzz in the camp and you know they've obviously had their own issues with injuries and COVID and everything else but it shows the strength of their panel whenever you look at the results that they're, they're achieving and fingers crossed they'll get the, the job done this weekend and they'll be sitting in a Joe, McV- Joe McDonald final come December probably well
0: Yeah, and I think just even on the hurlers, like I think the Westmeath result, especially with the amount of players they were down and going into that and the nature of the win there. So, no, definitely, I think, I suppose that's maybe what I was kind of thinking earlier as well and talking even about the Camogie team, the ladies footballers obviously as well. You know, they're into an All-Ireland semi-final now and I think there just is that bit of a good feeling around Antrim at the moment, which is, and it's good to see kind of. You know, players and supporters, kind of supporting all the codes, you know, like you would see in social media and that from, from game to game?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say winning breeds confidence and that's across yeah. the board and in terms of all great ladies football, camogie men's football or hurling or whatever it may be and, you know, if, if one team's going well, it inspires and pushes on another team, you know, it's great to see the hurlers doing well at the same time from a footballer's point of view we want to get to those um, heights and Unfortunately, as I said, we never got to Division 3 next year, but I'm sure the hilarious momentum this year will help us next year. And It's the ladies footballers and commodes are doing well, development squads, under-20s, whatever it may be. It's all, it's all positive, and I think it's clear to see that there is a bit of a buzz around Anton G.A. for the first time in a long time. And Hopefully, this is just the beginning of, of things to come over the next yeah. few years. Yeah, and
0: I think it's just a big part of that is the momentum, like we were mentioning earlier, just how important that is for a county. Um, just just to go into a bit of the, just about your club then to finish off. So obviously, you know, you've had your own breakthrough 2017 with county titles. I think your first first title in 46 years. Um, and, you know, um, you've beat St. John's uh, 15 points to 13, but an exciting final to say nonetheless, even for the last 11 or so minutes of injury time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I
1: felt like it was never gonna end. Yeah. Um you know, obviously we um it was a very tight game. Um could have went either way. I think maybe with ten minutes to go and John's when we winning him by two and we were the claw back and I think it was sheer desperation that that stage got us over the line. Um boys, you know, myself, Michael Hearn, John Fingan, Conor Murray possibly as well. I've been beating maybe five or six finals up until that point and um it was just, to be honest, it was pure relief to get over the line in the end. That it's just unfortunate, probably, you know, obviously not, we're not getting any younger. The older hands, and I feel you know one isn't isn't sufficient or isn't good enough for the team that we've had over the last few years. We've obviously been knocking the door since and knocking the door prior to that. But yeah, um, to be honest, it's a real bug burner, bug burning of mine for want of another term that we haven't um, got more than one. You know, I feel we've lost finals over the last couple of years of stages, particularly the Cargan one last year. Um, haven't been in total control and but that again, we go put we talk about that word experience. Um, Cargan have been there probably more than us in these finals and contested a lot of ones with some goals over the last decade and their experience in winning games and closing out games is probably testament to them and it's something probably um our own club and other clubs can, can learn from.
0: And do you think in that twenty seventeen campaign that there was something that he's brought into not just the final but the other games was that experience of those previous defeats? Say it was something that was really noticeable that year for you.
1: Yeah, it was just a drive. You know, I think the the mix of youth yes, and experience I've had and the sheer drive from the older lads, you know, instilling that sort of will to win and never say die attitude that year was what really came out in the end and. Um, you know, I remember everybody saying to the lads before we went out, lads these days aren't gonna come round every year. You know, I played in when I was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen and the lads mm-hmm. were saying that to me at that stage, oh listen, that party you might can get an or one of these days and I was thinking to them, you know, we're gonna win loads of these things. Yeah, and
0: yeah.
1: Lo-, lo and behold it was, I don't know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years later, before actually one won one. So they're very, very sacred and it's probably to be honest, my Most important
0: achievement is when the club Thompson. Yeah, and I suppose even um, if you're looking at it, it is now Cargan have obviously had their three in a row now, but you are the last club to win it, you know, apart from them. And they're obviously they have a you know a great team there at the minute. Um, I suppose for you looking at that campaign, though, you knocked out St. Gaul's, which I suppose was a nice way to kind of you know kind of put polish on that title whenever you were able to look back at the campaign.
1: Okay, you know, you have to beat whoever's in front of you. Yeah. yeah, You know, probably the overwhelming thing for the St. goals game was the fact that we were two goals and a point down after seven minutes. Mm. Um, and we came back and won that game. You know, and probably that's a testament to the never, never say that it should be had in 2017 because in previous years we, we met as well have went home at that stage. You know, St. Gall's were the classic team that they got ahead of you. They just kept the ball,
0: took
1: the life out of you and used all their experience whereas we were able to back into that game and beat them in the end so I think you know St. goals beating St. goals after them being two goals and a point up after the first 10 minutes or whatever it was um, really got a monkey off the back for us um, that year and we really pushed on and probably you know give us the, the footing that we needed to go on and actually you know go through the door and eventually win a championship but you know probably looking at last year championship felt against Cargham again we were controlling the first half Silly goals cost us um, losing the final the previous year and the semi final. But again, you have to get, put your hands up. The they and their phenomenal team and a team with plenty of experience. And, you know, Craig and obviously came strong last year, Poker Nome, St. John, St. Charles. Yeah. You know, there's there's five, six teams within Shenandoah are going to come. You know, I don't want to leave it. i going well. You know, there's, mm. there's seven or eight teams within Antrim now who realistically feel that they're in with a chance to win the championship. And that's healthy. You know, yeah. for a long time, there was maybe one or two teams solely dictating the ter- term. So the fact that it's wide open is good for competitive club action and also county football as well.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask about that then, because obviously in your time with the county previously, it would have been, you know, during when St. Gaul's were dominating. And I suppose you would probably see a bit more... I don't know diversity across the county set up with the more clubs involved and how that can be, that can only be a good thing really. And I know any team, any club team that's strong, um, at that moment in time probably will have the most representatives. But surely that kind of diverse spread of clubs is only a good thing.
1: Yeah, well, shows shows how competitive the autumn football league and championships are. I'm not sure how many clubs are represented this season, but I would I would imagine it's it's eight, nine, or ten. You know, which mm-hmm. I think is reflective of how competitive, you know, the senior championship is, and obviously the intermediate clubs, Moneyglass, um, yeah. Balmina, um, Glen ravel and I think all our clubs within here have representatives on the county panel, so you know, mm-hmm. I think it's good to have a, a, a diverse um, range of players from a wide range of clubs, and I think that uh, is testament to the work that's going on uh, within clubs at all levels within the county, and it shows the competitive nature of club football, and you know, you want boys pushing each other along within the county setup. You don't want anybody getting comfortable, and everybody needs to be fighting for their place, both on the panel and on the starting fifteen. And that can only be healthy going forward.
0: Yeah, no, um, no, very true. Um, Paddy, look, just thanks very much for for taking the time to chat to me uh, on this. And um, yeah, best of luck for whatever comes next, anyway. And thanks very much.
1: No worries, Connor. All the best.